welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited to be here with you today. And I'm just going to dive right into this. Uh, hopefully, this this suck is going to be short, <laughs> short and sweet. If you listen to my podcast episode with Jordan last week, man, that was an epic two-hour conversation. If you haven't checked that sucker out, please, please, I'm telling you, it's an incredible powerful, vulnerable, impactful conversation. Um, This episode I'm calling Rearranging the Furniture. (laughs) Rearranging the Furniture. Now, if you are a loyal watcher of this, so for those of you who don't know, this podcast also is on YouTube every week. So 95, 98, whatever percent of the listeners love to listen. But some of you actually like to watch. You like to see me up here in my office, like doing my thing. And the reason why I'm mentioning in this is if you are a watcher of the show, you might notice that my room and my view, my background looks different than it did before. And this is the inspiration for this episode, rearranging the furniture. So let's talk about this. So when I was a kid, so you know, there's always a story. There's always a story that's going to be told. So when I was a kid, uh, there were periods of time when I did or didn't have my own room. Um, we moved a lot. That's a story for another day. But I think by the time I was 40, I had moved like 38 times. So uh, this house that I'm in now is the longest. So this is our house. Like we we own it. You know, we have a mortgage, whatever. Um, and this is the longest my sweetie and I, because uh, he also bounced around a lot as a kid, have lived anywhere. Now, while I am so grateful for this house and I love this house and there's so many things about this house that are fantastic. If you could see this, for those of you who can't see this, I will describe what I'm saying. So you can see behind me that the angle of this room that I'm in. So this room, I think, used to be the attic. It got converted at some point into like a bedroom or something. So it is sloped down uh, on the left or the right. And you also can see these incredible wooden beams, right? So we live in a post and beam house. Now, there's something really cool about that. And there's some things that are also kind of a pain in the ass, which is, you have to place things very specifically in the house because like every, whatever it is, every six feet or eight feet or whatever it is, there's a beam somewhere. So you kind of have to rearrange, you have to arrange the furniture and place things in a very specific way for it to make sense, which also means we don't also always have a lot of room for like artwork or different things. So this this office, this is my writing office. This is my creative space. And so it used to be that my desk was back there against that wall by the closet, right? 
And so in this room, let me, so let's, let me circle back. So as a little kid, I used to love to move my furniture around because I didn't always have my own room. So I think that when I was able to have a space that was my own, you know, we were kind of poor kids. We were like first class, not for first world poor, you know, we were like working class, poor kids, blue collar kids, you know, so we didn't have always the nicest things or a the things that everybody else had. We were always making do. So I think part of when I would have my own room and I was a creative kid and I was a sensitive kid, it's like I liked to create things and move things around and 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 feel like the energy of like what happens when I put my bookshelf over there, or I put that there. So I used to rearrange my bedroom like, I don't know if it was like every month, once a month, whatever. And it, and it was like small spaces, but it still felt, maybe it was a way of asserting control, whatever it was. You know, I got bored. I don't know, whatever it was. I used to love to move my furniture around. So double A men hands, any other weirdos, any other little weirdos out there <laughs> who can relate? Okay. I used to love to do that. So in this house, I've been a little limited because as you can tell, post and beam, I can't move shit around. I'm in a weird, awkward space up here. So what will happen is like every couple of years, I'm like, that's it. I've got to move. I've got to move this desk into a different position, but there's really only two places it can go. So here's my point. Okay. There's something really powerful about moving shit around, about throwing shit out, about making space for something new to emerge or arrive. And I'm not just talking about like creatively, which we will get into. I'm also talking spiritually. I'm talking about in the work that I do as a mentor and a coach, this is one of the things that I'm doing. So I wanted to kind of dive into this idea today of moving the furniture around. So I will sometimes say to my clients, right? I want you to think of your mind uh, and think of yourself, right? Kind of like a house. Now imagine that there's a front yard, there's a backyard, there's the main living space, there's a basement and there's an attic, okay? So what a lot of people like to do in their quote unquote house, I'll, I'll often talk about it like this. I'll say, you know, what most people like to do when it comes to personal development work or their spiritual work or their growth, their growth stuff, you know, is they like to like vacuum the front, you know, the, the, the main living space. They'll like wash the dishes. They'll put shit in the closet. They'll fluff the pillows. They try to make it like nice in case visitors come over and nobody thinks they're like living like slobs or that, you know, that it's a shit show in there. You know what I'm saying? They don't want people to think that it's a shit show in there up in your mind. So they'll fluff the pillows and they'll get some decorative throws and they'll make shit look, try to make shit look fancy or nice. I'm like, but nobody's volunteering to go Go down into the basement where the cobwebs are and it's a little damp and dark and moldy. I'm like, nobody wants to go down there. And nobody really is volunteering to go upstairs in the attic, right? Where the crazy lady is sitting in the rocking chair or the, you know, where there's like uh, bats and critters and shit. Like you're like, I don't even know what's in that box in the corner, right? Like, so when I think about us as kind of like being a house, I'll often say to them, hey, and this work that we're doing together, sometimes it's not about fancying up the first floor. 
You know, it's not about making the main living area uh, look, quote unquote, presentable. This is about going down into the basement and taking some of that shit out of the darkness and never mind putting it in the living room. We need to bring it out onto the front lawn where it can get some light, where it can get, we got to need to bring the darkness to the light, get some sunshine on that shit to lighten things up, to take a good look at it. Because as long as this shit is sitting down in the basement, just growing and festering, and whether that's your anxiety, your fear, your depression, your addictions, your trauma, your um, your patterns, your habits, like all the stuff, it's like shit doesn't get better by ignoring it, by pretending it's not there, by slapping band-aids on wounds, big gaping wounds that are starting to get a little gangrene. You know what I'm saying? It's like we got to take some of this stuff out. And sometimes we also have to go up into the attic and we need to pull that trunk down and we need to go in. We need to see like what's going on up there. So it's not about just maintaining that first floor. We got to move some furniture around. We got to move some things around. We got to rearrange some thoughts. We got to rearrange some stories. We got to rearrange some beliefs, this identity that we've created. And we got to be able to take a look at some stuff and say like, okay, what's worth keeping? What's worth refurbishing? What just needs to go? What is no longer serving me? Like that table that you've been keeping for some sort of sentimental reason, but it's got like a broken like leg and it, you can't even put anything on it and it wobbles and it's just taking up space. Time to go. So when I was rearranging the stuff in this room, Right. Again, because I had to like change things up and where things were going to go and what was I going to keep and all this stuff. You know, when what often happens is in my creative process is I get struck by an idea. Okay. Like all of a sudden, I'll get wicked excited and wicked inspired. And I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. I don't care. I'm telling you, I don't care if it's like six o'clock at night. Most of the rest of the world is like, I want to have dinner. When when an idea strikes and I want to take action on it, like I'm like, let's go. My friend KT is like this too. She'll be moving shit around at like two in the morning because she's like, oh my God, I just had to do it. Okay, so I'll get the inspiration. But again, with this room, it's very challenging because certain things will only fit in certain places. So what I think is really helpful, and I'm going to share some quotes from, from some writers and some um, thinkers, some writers and thinkers um, on creativity. And I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to show you how it applies, right. To spiritual mentoring and integrative change work and the stuff that I do and the, the stuff that will be helpful to you. Okay. So I'm going to kind of do an impression, but I will describe to, again, to those of you who are listening and not watching, I will describe what I'm doing. So right now I'm sitting in my 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 chair here at my desk. It's like a, a gray chair. It's got kind of like a high back. And uh, so I can lean back into it, right? And slunt, sl slouch and, and slump. Okay, so I get the idea. I'm like, all right, I'm going to move my desk. I'm going to move all the furniture around this room. I'm going to change things up. So I get inspired and then I take measurements, right? I get out my little measuring tape. I keep one right here in my desk drawer, right? And I pull that little sucker out. You guys can see it. Maybe you can hear it. <laughs> okay. And so I pull it out. I measure a few things. And then I have to sit the fuck down, shut up, get quiet. 
And here's when it's like you you feel the what's the word I'm about to say? You think I'm going to say I need to shut up, sit down, whatever, get quiet and think. But it's not so much about thinking. And this is what I want to share with you. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to show you. So this is me. So right now I'm doing an impression of me when I'm thinking about and dreaming about, right? Cuz this is the thing. It's not just thinking. All right. So one of my writing mentors Okay, Andre Debuse the third. He's a he's a dear friend of mine, a beloved friend of mine. He's also a brilliant writer. Uh, he's had several best-selling books, New York Times best-selling books. One is The House of Sand and Fog, which became a, um, a Academy Award-winning or nominated movie. Uh, it was an Oprah book club pick. He also wrote a best-selling uh, memoir called Townie, which is fantastic. He's he's written so many books. His latest book that just came out is called Such Kindness, and it's fantastic. All right. So I'm I'm lucky and happy to call Andre my friend, but also one of my writing mentors. And um, he taught me this quote. He shared this with me. So it's a it's a, a guy named uh, Richard, Richard Bosch. And it's a, in a book called Letters to a Fiction Writer. And Richard Bosch has this quote and he says, do not think. Dream. Do not think. Dream. So that's what happens when I get an idea and then I have to sit down. So I'm sitting in my chair and I literally just sit here. I let my eyes kind of glaze over and I just wait. (laughs) I literally sit there. And if you walked into my room, you'd be like, what are you doing? (laughs) And I'd be like, I'm just sitting here waiting waiting to know what my next move is, waiting to know where that piece of furniture is going to be moved to, right? It's the same thing in like mentoring and spiritual mentoring and coaching, right? I'm not sitting there with a plan like, oh, I'm going to tell my client to do this and this and this and this. I'm waiting to receive the words. I'm waiting. And yes, I have a skill set. I have tools in my spiritual toolkit and in my coaching toolkit and in my yoga toolkit and my hypnosis toolkit, right? And that's great to have them, knowing when to use them, knowing how to use them, knowing the tone of voice I want to speak in, all those things. It's part of kind of rearranging the furniture and knowing what to use with who, how to use it, which one is going to make the best fit in this space when I'm working with this person, right? So when I think upon that, do not think dream, that's the thing about creating this space up here is I didn't want to kind of bully it and say, well, this is what you got to do. And this is where it's got to go. And like boss myself around. I was like, I want it to arrive. And Flannery O'Connor, and this is also a quote that um, Andre shared with me during one of the times I was studying with him. And it's a Flannery O'Connor quote that I love. And she says, there's a certain grain of stupidity that the writer can hardly do without. And this is the quality of having to stare. I'm going to say this again. There's a certain grain of stupidity that the writer can hardly do without. And this is the quality of having to stare. 
And what she specifically says is the writer of fiction. But I think all writers need to have this quality of being able to just sit and stare because she goes on to say that writing is really waiting. And I think when we're in the creative act of anything, yes, there is action taking. And there's also those moments when you're just sitting and you're staring and you're staring into space. Fellow daydreamers, raise your hands, double amen hands, if you know what I'm talking about, where you just kind of sit and pause and you let your mind be open. So when you're rearranging the furniture, whether it's physical, like in your physical space outside of you externally, or you're rearranging, quote unquote, the furniture up in your head, right? When you're making space, for new things, when you're deciding what to keep, what to get rid of, what relationships are working, right? What what um, what habits or patterns or things that are still actually valuable and helpful and what has moved into the harmful column, you know what I'm saying? And so being able to create space, we're not trying to sit there and think it, we want to create room for dreams. And it's almost like this idea that um, um, I, I want to share a quote also that Rick Rubin. So hopefully some of you guys, somebody out there knows who Rick Rubin is. So I've been a fan of his for a really long time. I was a huge fan of the Beastie Boys, uh, Run DMC, a bunch of a bunch of musicians and bands. So Rick Rubin is a producer, really well known, really kind of mellow guy. <laughs> He's like really fascinating. And I'm holding up his new book and it's called, well, it's not that new. It came out, it came out earlier in like January, February, and it's called the creative act, a way of being the creative act, a way of being Rick Rubin. And he has this quote that I love and it, I'm going to share it with you because it speaks to what I'm talking about here. He says, the ability to look deeply is the root of creativity to see past the ordinary and mundane and get to what might otherwise be invisible. And I love this so much because it's not just about creativity. This to me is also spirituality. This to me is also integrative change work. This concept is also healing work. Let me say it again. The ability to look deeply into the root of creativity, to see past the ordinary and mundane and get to what might otherwise be invisible. And I wrote down a, a note to myself about what I thought about this. And I was saying this, part of this work as a mentor, part of this work as a spiritual mentor, as, as a, an integrative coach, as a change worker, as a hypnotist, yoga teacher, all these things, as a write, gateless writing instructor, all these things, right? It requires us to be able sometimes to imagine something that doesn't exist here yet. It requires that I can imagine something that doesn't exist here, now, yet. Yet is the key word. But it does exist in what's possible. And that's what I was doing in this room. I was like, where am I going to put shit? I have all these moving pieces. I have to, I'm not have to, I chose to, I wanted to rearrange the furniture. I wanted new energy in here. I wanted to create more room, more space for creativity 
and and freedom, right? And for 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 um inspiration. And I was like, okay, I didn't know where I was going to put everything. I had to just kind of sit here and and with that grain of stupidity and just stare and allow myself to not think on it, but to dream on it, to dream into what's possible, to think about what becomes possible. Possibly I can move that over there. Possibly I can get rid of those things. Possibly I can take this piece of paper with the notes on it and type it up so now it's digital. Possibly I can let go of that. Possibly. So I had to move all these things around. So I had to be able to allow imagination, inspiration, creativity, right? Let the spirit move me. And it's the same thing when I'm working with a client, because I know as A Course in Miracles tells us, you know, people can only, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but this idea of, you know, it's the world is an outward reflection of an inward picture. So if I'm working with somebody and if I'm envisioning, you know, if I'm thinking on them as only being capable of a certain level of happiness or inner peace or healing or whatever the thing, capability, people can only be as good in my presence as they are first in my mind. So part of my job is to hold a vision for who they really are beyond what maybe right be might be showing up right in front of me in this moment. Because there, I always say to people, you know, there is a part of you that has, no, there is a part of you that wasn't always anxious. There was a part of you that wasn't always afraid of X, Y, and Z. There was a part of you that was not at some point, you weren't always addicted. You weren't always fill in the blank. You weren't always anxious or depressed or whatever. I'm not saying there's on, there aren't exceptions, right, to these rules, of course. There's always nuances and exceptions, but I'm saying in general. So first, we have to just create space for to allow something new to emerge. I know this, I hope, I hope I'm conveying what I'm trying to say clearly. I feel like I'm a little all over the place, but I know what I'm saying, but I hope I'm communicating it well, right? So in mentoring, part of my job is to continue to be open and receptive, to not hold on to my techniques or my tools or my processes or what I've been taught so tightly, to just kind of have the ability, right, to, to um, allow something to emerge. And sometimes it might be an idea. Sometimes I call it word impressions where all of a sudden the words are there and I know what to say. Um, sometimes you're just kind of waiting for um, a feeling to emerge or sometimes it might be, you know, for other people. I mean, we all receive information. Uh, we all are channeling all the time. You know what I'm saying? So whether the inspiration is to rearrange physical furniture in a room or the inspiration is to rearrange how we've been talking to ourselves, how we've been seeing ourselves in the world, how we've been identifying, like moving all of those pieces around so that we can have a new perspective, so that we can have a shift in perception, a shift of perspective. It's like why I love kaleidoscopes so much. And I, and I talk about how coaching and mentoring is like that. It's like a kaleidoscope. It's like you just turn something a slight bit and there's a new facet. There's a new way of seeing. And if we're willing to kind of be open and receptive, and this is what 
a daily spiritual practice does. It's why it's so powerful. It's why it's it's creating a DSP, a personal DSP, not what I think you should do, but creating space for you to discover what you think about your relationship to the divine, to God, to source, to spirit, to yourself, to your higher power, to the universe, whatever you call it. We have to allow there for there to be, for there to be space. Because moving stuff around, moving furniture around, and again, whether it's physical in a room or whether it's emotional, mental, spiritual, right? Like inside of you doing mentoring work or coaching work or healing work or spiritual work or whatever, okay? It's a creative act. It is a creative act. Our whole life is a creative act. I always say to people, your whole life is your spiritual practice, who you're being, how you're being, how you're arranging your words, how you're arranging your time, how you're arranging your relationships, how you're arranging, right? Whether you're choosing love or fear, it's all a spiritual act. And I think we are in co-creation with the divine all the time. We are in constant communion. We are in constant connection with something that is, I always say, wiser than us, right? Smarter than us, more loving than us, more kind than us. And I want to be tapped into that, but I've got to be an open and receptive channel. And this is what daily spiritual practices do. They allow us to slow down. Even if your body is in motion, even if you're doing walking meditation, right? We're allowing our internal volume to quiet down. You know, there's a line in A Course in Miracles that says something like, you know, God speaks to everyone, uh, but you're too preoccupied with your own voice. I'm paraphrasing, right? God speaks to everyone, but you're too preoccupied with the sound of your own voice. (laughs) Oh my God, double amen hands. Isn't that true? You know what I'm saying? So you guys, here's the thing. I'm pretty happy with the way the room turned out. It feels really open. Now I'm facing the windows because in the wintertime, right? I know we're still in summer here, but it's going to be fall and it's going to be winter soon enough. And we have this little three-legged deer. Um, She's been around for a long time. It might be, this might be her seventh year or eighth year. Um, and she hangs out with this little pack of deer and every year I'm always on the lookout for her. And she's always, she always at some point in the fall and winter walks across the ridge, uh, right up here behind my house and I get to see her. So I got tired of staring at a wall and I flipped it around and now I get to look out the window at all the critters and the green and all that stuff. And so, but I was like, I don't know where everything's going to fit. I don't know what I'm going to keep. I don't know what I'm going to get rid of. So I just sat and I waited for it to emerge. And, you know, there's a line in A Course in Miracles that says, I make no decisions by myself. I, I make no decisions by myself. And I, and I always say, I, I don't make decisions by myself anymore because I'm, I'm, I'm now, um, you know, because it's no longer intelligent to do so. <laughs> so whether you think it's just your subconscious sending you information Maybe that's it. This is me. I don't give a shit. I don't care if I call it spiritual team on the job, S-T-O-T-J. I don't care if I think of it like, you know, an inspired idea. I know some people call it, I got a download, like whatever the thing is. I'll say sometimes, ooh, those words came in hot, you know? 
wherever they're bubbling up from, whether you call it source or you think the source is just subconscious, I'm cool with it. I don't care. <laughs> All I know is I have to attune myself, get quiet enough so that I'll know where to move the piece. I'll know what the next step is. You know, and there's a prayer in A Course in Miracles that um, a lot of us call the miracle workers prayer. And it starts and it says, you know, I don't have to be, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here only to be truly helpful. I don't have to worry about what to think or what to say because he, call it he, she, it, I don't care who sent me will tell me. And that's my whole thing. But if I'm too preoccupied with my own voice, I'm too preoccupied with my own ideas. I'm too preoccupied with this is the way it's always been done. This is what I got to do, you know? then I might miss out on something new, something exciting, some, some, some part of me that doesn't often get a voice to emerge. So I'm hoping that something I shared here today will make sense to you, meaning not because of you, because of me. Like hopefully I, I, I um, communicated it clearly enough that it either sparked curiosity or landed in your heart, or got your mind thinking in a new way. But look, sometimes we got to move shit around. We have to rearrange the furniture in our own life, right? Sometimes you got to rearrange the furniture and get our ass out of the chair and get moving, right? Move your body in some way, drink more water, eat better food, slow down, get better sleep. We got to move, rearrange the furniture of our life. And that's also the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. And that's what I bring to the table when I'm working with people, you know, and whether that's one-to-one -one in the quest, one-to-one -one mentoring, or in my new group coaching program, The Alchemy. And speaking of which, you guys, um, I now only have six seats left. Uh, that sucker is starting on, I think it's September 18th, whatever that Monday is. Um, I'm keeping it small and intimate on purpose, only 12 people, very intentionally, I want to be able to coach everybody on the calls and create a really in, um, fantastic community and group of people who are coming together. Um, and because of that, I'm keeping it small, right? And because of that, I only have 12 seats and six are already claimed. Six people have already raised their hand. They said, I'm in. So if you're somebody who's been thinking about it, like at some point, you know, if you've been walking around it, if you've been kicking the ties, if you've been thinking about it, please don't dilly-dally because uh, it is, and it's not scarcity marketing. I'm just telling you the truth. This thing starts in four weeks. There's six seats left. So if you're interested, raise your hand, send up a flare, reach out, shoot me an email, whatever you got to do. Let's chat about you claiming your seat. It'll be amazing. But that's one of the things that I'm doing in these programs is I'm bringing right um, reflection to look at and to uh, talk about an approach and to share tools around those four levels, right? The physical, the emotional, the spiritual, and the mental, because those, all four of those are levels of healing. And I actually might do a whole podcast on that, the four levels of healing. Uh, we'll see. Note, note to self and to Aaron, if you're listening, <laughs> write that down, the four levels of healing. So you guys, I hope you create space in your day. And even if it's just like five minutes to just sit and stare, to just sit and be empty, to just sit and try to have beginner's mind, to just sit and be open, to see beyond what's right in front of you. That's what I had to do in this room was not so much to think about, 
the measuring, right? When I first got out the tape measure and measured, that was thinking. I had to know these are the pieces that I have. Here's the measurements. And then I just had to get quiet, sit down and stare stupidly, right? To just like <laughs> literally just look. And I did it. I did it for long periods of time. I would like get an inspiration. I would move something. I would solve one problem, but it would create another problem. You can tell I was boxing with my friends back and forth. I was like, all right, I moved this, but now this is the issue. And I kept finding different issues. Well, I didn't find them. They would emerge. But for each thing, if I just sat and got quiet, a solution would emerge. An idea would come forth. An inspiration would start to rumble like a little, make a little, ooh, a little spark would go off, you know? And to me, that is the divine spark of co-creation happening between me and whatever is the creative life force, whatever you call it. I have a lot of names for it, right? I call it a thousand names, right? I don't care. I don't get hung up on the names of it. Um, but for me, it's just me playing, and being in relationship with that force, you know? So it's kind of like the force in Star Wars, right? May the force be with you. The force, force for me is always with us. It's whether or not we pay attention or listen. So you guys, if you got some stuff in the basement that needs to come up into the light, if you've been kind of putting your external focus out there and, and, and calling out shit on everybody else and saying, oh my God, this street is a mess when all this shit's blowing out from your backyard, but you're not doing anything to clean that up. Hey, this is the kind of work that I do. And I would love to hear from you if you're interested in working together. So don't be shy. Um, if you want to find out more when um, when um, the retreat, I also have a retreat coming up, you guys. So if you're interested in a four-day retreat with me in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire at the Mountain View Grand Resort and Spa. I already got people signing up for that sucker too. You can find out everything though about what's going on, where you get the payment links, how you sign up if you just join my email. So it's karenkenny.com slash sign up. Type that in, throw your email into the thing. It'll get you on the list and you will find out first about all the shenanigans. So you guys, I hope this was helpful in some way. <sighs> Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for listening. Um, I super appreciate you and your time and your energy and uh, that you are here with me right now. So thank you so much. Wherever you go out in the world today, first of all, may you have fun. May you be safe, right? May you have a good time. May you bring, may you bring love wherever you go. May you be in service to love. May you leave yourself, the people, the plants, the animals, the environment better than how you found them. Wherever you go, may your presence be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time friendship and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days. And let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. 
I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.